Welcome to the Soccer Life Goals Podcast with your host, Noah Niemeyer. The Soccer Interview Podcast with fresh content, bringing you exclusive interviews with soccer players and growing the soccer fan base around the world. Whether you call it football or soccer, be inspired and encouraged, both on and off the pitch. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Soccer Life Goals podcast. Let's give a special welcome to Bill Gramatica. Welcome, Bill. Hey, Noah. Good morning, and uh, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thanks. It's going to be awesome. So you're from a different background um, than most of my guests, so I'm really excited to have you on. So let's dive in. So my first question, you were like a place kicker in the NFL. Could you take us through your football journey? Yeah, that was actually um, a pretty interesting situation that happened I you know I grew up as a soccer player from Argentina so I never even dreamt of playing professional football I never I never knew about football I uh, didn't really follow it and then um, I grew up in a small town um, in South Florida and uh, we didn't have a soccer team in our school or our, or our town and so we'd have to drive like an hour to an hour and a half to um, you know to to play for our club teams so we used to have a soccer field in our backyard and the high school football coach would drive back um, from school every day and would see us kicking and uh, or playing soccer. And he stopped one day and said, Hey, can you guys kick on our football team? We don't have a kicker. And at first we were pretty reluctant to do it because, you know, our goals were always to go play their college or professional soccer. And, um, you know, so we had really that's kind of our only goal we had. And finally, after a few months of him asking us so many times and telling us that, you know, we won't get hurt and, you know, you don't have to hit, just kick and, and then go sit down. We decided to try it out just to kind of stay in shape for, you know, soccer season. And, um, you know, after a few practices, we started to like the sport and, we built some goalposts out of PVC in our backyard and started training. And really the rest is history. We, we really decided that this would be a really good opportunity for us to um, get an education um, that we normally wouldn't have had that opportunity. You know, I feel like with soccer, it's like, you know, when we were growing up, soccer wasn't as popular and um, not as many opportunities. I think we, my brother had an opportunity to go play in Mexico, um, but he was 16 years old and my parents didn't want him to go to, to Mexico by himself at 16. So um, so we decided to switch to football and, um, you know, really the rest is history. It's after my brother's first, he only played his senior year of high school and then ended up getting a scholarship at Kansas State. And then from there, won the Luke Rosa Award for the best college kicker in the country and and then ended up getting drafted by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 1999 and, um, you know, ended up winning a Super Bowl with them. And so when he when he went to, off to college, I, um, I took over the varsity kicking and um, had a pretty, pretty good high school career and ended up um, signing. I originally signed a scholarship with Florida State and then I transferred to USF um, after Coach Levitt came to start the program there. And then, um, you know, and then I ended up um, getting drafted in the fourth round 
by the Arizona Cardinals. So um, ended up playing four years in the NFL and then, um, and then now I'm retired, but really, um, you know, once we started playing football, we kind of gave it our all and always had soccer as our background, as our foundation for any sport that we ever played. Um, I feel like it's always good to have soccer works on every aspect of your body and kicking, you know, it's all very one-sided and, um, you know, for your body to kind of maintain balance, you have to work on all sides of your body. So we've never given soccer up. It's always been in our blood. So, but yeah, it's a big change and a little different than most people's careers, but, um, it was, it was an amazing run and, um, I wouldn't change a thing. Awesome. Growing up in Argentina, like soccer was probably like so big. Who was your favorite player growing up in Argentina? Well, um, my favorite player was Diego Maradona, obviously. Um, when I was growing up, he, he was in his prime. And, um, you know, the 1986 World Cup that he basically single-handedly won that one. Um, that, was, uh, that was amazing to watch. We were uh, Boca Juniors fans in Argentina. So, um, yeah, so that was, that was my team. And, and Diego Maradona was uh, my favorite player. So. Uh, but it was a great time in Argentinian soccer, so um, it was fun to watch. Yeah, and how cool is it that um, Argentina won the World Cup this year? Man, it it was amazing. I uh, <laughs> I almost had a heart attack uh, quite a few times. I feel like they always, you know, like the last three games, I feel like they took control of the game, 2 nothing, and then all of a sudden the last couple minutes of the game just gave up some quick goals and then my heart rate went up and my blood pressure went up. And, um, luckily, um, Debu, the goalie just saved him every time, you know, and, uh, it was just, uh, it was an unbelievable, it was probably the, obviously for me, the best world cup I've ever seen. Um, you know, it was just, uh, it was an unbelievable experience and I'm so glad they won. I'm so glad that Messi won because, you know, he really has put in his time and at 36 years old, what he did in this World Cup is just unbelievable. So I'm really happy for them. I can't wait to watch him play on the 23rd. They play again. Um, they play uh, a couple friendlies coming up. So it'll be fun to watch them as the new World Cup winner. So it'll be fun. awesome. So now they have they've got three stars. Do you, did you see that video where like Messi was watching third star getting sewn onto the shirts? That was cool. Yes. Yeah, that was pretty yeah. awesome. So I still I don't have any three star gear yet, but I uh, I will <laughs> I will definitely need to get some soon. Yeah. So when you're growing up in Argentina, what do you think were some differences that you noticed between Argentina soccer and the soccer in the U.S.? Um, I think there's a lot of differences. Um, you know, and I mean, I. Mainly, I think in Argentina, people play soccer and the people that make it are the ones that just played hard and, and like make it to survive. You know, I mean, over there, there's a lot of poverty. And if you if you look at the Argentinian roster, you know, I don't think anybody came from, you know, uh, like they came from big clubs, but they grew up in, you know, in really poor areas of Argentina. So I think over there, it's, you know, a necessity to be able to make it, to be able to just really survive and to get out of the, um, the hoods and the, and the, uh, the poor areas of Argentina. So 
I think that's one of the main differences. So, I mean, it's, it's really their life and that's all they do. Um, I watched a documentary on Carlos Tevez um, where he grew up in one of the roughest areas of Argentina. And I mean, he, he, they would hear gunshots during um, the pickup games and their pickup games are in dirt fields, you know, with either a flat ball or sometimes they would put a bunch of rags together and kick a rag ball. So I feel like the facilities and the opportunities are, are, are have more here. I just don't know if the, the hunger that is there is comparable, um, which is, it's not a bad thing, but at the same time, um, I think the South American game, quick touches, quick plays are due to, you know, bad field conditions, bad balls. You got to make quick one touch passes and, and a lot of, a lot of dribbling and passing, dribble and passing um, instead of playing so much kickball. But um, so I think those are the biggest differences. It's just uh, the, the necessity of the player, the South American player to, to succeed. That's, that's definitely true. Like you can just tell really, really want to play professional soccer someday and they just like want it more. So I feel yeah. like, yeah, that's something that American soccer players need to have more of. Because like they don't have people in America have like a lot more opportunities. Yeah, there's also a lot more. Uh, I feel like more um, sports and more activities here that pull pull you from <clears throat> different directions. And over there, that's all you have is soccer. So you wake up playing soccer, you go to sleep playing soccer. I mean, there's a soccer ball at your feet every single second of the day when you're awake. You know, as opposed to here with so many other activities. So I think that also adds to why the South American teams, you know, um, usually do pretty well. Like Brazil's the same way, you know, I mean, that's all they do. And they're really good. They do a lot of beach soccer. And so, I mean, it's really hard to, to kick the ball without it on the beach. Uh, so you got to really be precise on your passes, your ball handling, touches, stuff like that, and quickness. That's what, that's what makes those teams great, I feel like. Yeah. And then growing up in Argentina, did you like ever even hear of like American football? No, no, we were, um, so when I, I came here, I was, I was six years old when I came here and we still played soccer all the way to high school. And we just really thought that football was rugby with pads and never really paid any attention. We couldn't, we didn't know how to follow it. So it wasn't really interesting to us. You know, now we love it. We know, you know, cause it's obviously we've been doing it for such a long time, but had no idea until our high school coach started asking us to kick on the football team. We had no clue what football was all about. What's like the difference between like, like shoot a ball between kicking a field goal? Yeah, it's actually a great question because um, you have to kick it, kick the ball a little different. Um, you, when you're kicking a, a, a soccer ball, you obviously want to put some spin on it, whether you kick it on the inside of your feet to kind of curve it one way or the outside of your feet to curve it the other. On kicking a field goal, you kind of want to hit it straight, in the, like right in the back of the ball. So it rotates end over end. Um, if you try to put any spin one way or the other, the ball can kind of get knocked down or curve out of the way. So um, that took a while to figure out. You know, once you do, it kind of comes natural. But yeah, it's, that's, that's kind of a, a big difference. The other thing, too, is it's a big difference from kicking in practice to kicking in you know, college or the NFL when you have some 300-pound lineman coming at your head. So you got to make sure that you have confidence of with your long snapper and your holder and you can get the ball out. <clears throat> Basically our timing was from the time the ball snapped 
to the time the ball is kicked is 1.2 seconds. Any quicker than that, you usually the holder doesn't have the ball set or turn the laces the right way. And really any later than that, uh, the ball is usually going to get tipped from, at the line or blocked. You're really going to have to trust your team and, and make sure that, you know, you work hard for that. And, and that's, you know, we work on that all through practice, getting our timing right. Yeah, it's a, it's a quick game. It's a lot harder than it looks, that's for sure. When the ball's being snapped, how do you, like, handle the pressure that you have 11, like, huge guys trying to, like, come and tackle you? And, like, how, how do you handle that pressure? Yeah, you try, you try not to think about it. It's, it's hard not to think about it, but you try not to. Um, and that's kind of what I mean. You just, you know, it's, it's the snapper. Basically, <clears throat> I take off to kick the ball before the ball's even there, right? So the holder has one hand on the ground where he's going to set the ball. And as soon as that hand comes up, that means he's getting ready to catch the, the ball being snapped. That tells me to take off. I'm, I'm focusing on that spot and really not paying attention to those guys coming to, to try to block the ball. And so as soon as that hand comes up to catch the hold or the, the snap, um, I take off and um, hopefully the ball is there. And if our timing is right, like we've practiced, um, which usually is, those guys are, are professionals at that as well. They just try to focus every kick being the same, even though you're human. And when it's a game-winning field goal, it adds a little extra pressure. You just, I don't know, I guess that's why some people make it in the NFL and some people don't. It's, it's more of the, the pressure and overcoming that than the athletic and, and ability to kick a ball. I always tell a funny story about kicking. We were uh, practicing in the off season um, at USF one time, and we were working on kicking it right in the middle of the upright. We had a, we had a piece of rope right through the net. And so not worrying about the uprights, we were just kicking and from like 40, 45 yards out. And this kid came from college and he was behind us kicking from like 60 yards trying to show off. And then all of a sudden the head coach came to watch us and nothing changed from what I was doing. I just made, kept going, doing what I was doing. The, the college kid that was kicking from 60 started missing everything. And then he was, a, he was just basically nervous because the coach was watching. And that's, that's the main thing. There's so many other kickers out there that athletically may have more ability. Um, it's just being able to put two, both of them together. You have to put your mental ability and be able to block everything out along with your physical and athletic ability. So that's, that's really what makes it more difficult. And the people that can do that the best is the ones that play for a long time. And speaking of mentality, some people like have superstitions or like routines they do before games. So like, do you have any pregame routines that you couldn't live without? Yeah, I used to, um, towards the end of the season, it got longer and longer, right? Cause if I had a good game with one pair of socks, that's the, the socks I would wear. And if I had, um, I had a, a picture of my family under my under my pads, and <laughs> it's kind of funny. I used to um, at halftime my my pregame meal used to be a slice of pizza, and because I did that, I think it was in high school. My parents owned a pizza place, and that was my thing. And I just never wanted to get away with that, so I would take a piece of pizza from the the, the night before and take it to to the game and and eat that. At halftime. So when you have the rest of the teams eating, you know, energy bars and Gatorade, I'm having pizza. But I don't know. I just always felt like if something was working, I didn't want to mess it up. So, yeah. So like, what's a funny fact about yourself that like most people don't know? 
That's a good question. I didn't have time to think about that one, but I don't know. I have to, I have to think about that. I, I, I am pretty funny. You know, my kids don't think so, but I think I'm a pretty funny dad and they, they, they don't think so at all, but I would say my, my dad jokes are pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. Here, so. here. Um, what, what's your, what's your best dad joke? Now you're putting me on the spot. I don't know. Yep. <laughs> and I just yeah. come up, I come up with dad jokes and, you know, yeah. on the spot. If I come up with one, I'll let you know. Yeah. Too much pressure. Too much pressure. Too, see, I can't handle the dad joke pressure. <laughs> yeah. So like, what's, what's like an embarrassing moment you had in your career? Embarrassing moments. Uh, well, obviously one, you know, I hurt myself celebrating, which, you know, it was, it's, it was embarrassing, but at the same time, you know, it happens. Like it just happened to a baseball player recently. I've learned to deal with it. Um, again, you gotta be strong mentally. People don't understand the passion of the sport and the fact that I was pretty much my, my ligament was pretty much torn already. So it happened. I rehabbed, I got better and I came back and played three more seasons. So, but yeah, it's just over overcoming, um, you know, the obstacles and the, and the moments that happen, but yeah, I still hear about it. It's, it's, it, it was kind of embarrassing, but it's kind of funny and, you know, it, it's part of me now. Yeah. So what do you think it'll take for like soccer to become more popular in the U S I, I feel like they need to start following um, like the South American philosophies or European philosophies. Like trying to establish their own identity. I'm not sure it's really working. I, I think getting a lot of, players that are playing like in Europe now is helping and that's really what it's going to take because I mean obviously financially you can make a lot more money in soccer than you can really any other sport if you if you make it big so I don't think that would be it one thing you can't you know you can't replace is the hunger that the South American teams have but you could at least try to kind of mold your teams to be similar in the way they play you know, and really just kind of like anything else in the United States, try to be the best at it. And um, I think we have the right players. I don't think you need any, like people say, oh, I think LeBron would be a good soccer player or, you know, baseball players would be a good soccer player. I, I don't believe that at all. I, I believe that it doesn't, you don't have to be six, seven to be the best. I mean, Messi is like, what, five, six, you know? So I, I, yeah, I don't believe when people say that at all. I just think that they need to, kind of change their philosophy. I know like when our kids play and the way that sometimes they're, they're coached and taught, maybe should change a little bit, play with, play with aggressive aggressiveness, play hard and have fun. But at the same time, it's definitely a lot more fun winning than it is losing, you know? So I typically, no matter the age, I like to keep score. I mean, unless it's my five-year-old, which we still keep score, but uh, you want them to have a good time and have fun, but I want them to learn you know, that winning is, is what you're there training and that's how you work so hard to do, you know? Yeah. So our, our tagline is go through life with goals. Like what's the current goal you're working on right now? Um, I have several goals, um, athletically or, or sports wise, you know, I'm, you know, coaching my, my daughter in flag football. So our goal is to get better at that. Um, it's our team's first season. I think one, one, one girl had played flag football before. So we have a uphill battle with them, but they, uh, they're responding and they're actually a great group of girls. Um, my son's five. So kind of continue to, to, to develop him. And I think he's going to be a good little player. Actually, his name is Leo for Leo Messi. So 
yeah, he uh, he's he's going to be a little a good little soccer player. And then professionally, you know, just kind of work hard every day. I'm, you know, I'm in real estate. Uh, my wife is in design, and so we kind of work together as a team. Where she de- she designs the homes, my uh, contractor remodels them, and then I go and sell them. So we kind of keep it as a family and and work hard. And our goals just kind of continue to to grow that and really just help out any way we can in any situation. So try to be a good role model for my kids and our community and, you know, show them that nothing comes easy. Like I said earlier, like our kids are fortunate that have the ability to have things that we didn't growing up. And so um, I kind of want to be a good role model for them is one of my main things that I like to do. Yeah, that's awesome. So speaking of flag football, I had, um, it was, I think it was a couple years ago I did flag football. So was, I did it with like most of my soccer team. Um, we did not do good at all. Like we only won one game of the season. We were like the Atlanta Falcons or something. And, um, but I, um, so we were tied, I think. And then I got a, uh, I scored a pick six and that was our first one of the season. It was like our last game. So it was kind of funny. That's awesome. Good for you, yeah. man. Yeah, well, I can tell you. you that a lot of, um, a lot of soccer teams go and play flag football and then they start doing well. So if you, if you guys stick with it or go back and do it, because I think athletically um, soccer players usually have the best hand-eye coordination, best endurance and best quickness. So yeah, if you get a little soccer player on your team, like give them the ball. So um so yeah good job that's not bragging that's a good job yeah, Proud yeah. Of you. thanks uh but like we were playing against kids who were probably like played tackle football and this was just like the wreck <laughs> basically and this is like their yeah. off-season stuff yeah so we we didn't we didn't really stand any chance against these guys these guys were pretty big and then like they were super quick too so that's yeah. funny it was so fun at least you tried it so yeah yeah, so my last question I have for you is like, what advice would you give your 12-year-old self to become a professional? Um, I would say one is um, give 110% anything you do. Like I, I always tell my kids, I tell my teams that I coach, you know, I don't care what you do. Not everybody is going to become a professional player. You know, like if you're on a college team, you might have out of 90 players, you know, three or four might go professional, you know, so chances are that someone's probably not going to. Um, so you got to give 110% at school. You got to give 110% at home. Um, you know, and if you do make it and you have that opportunity, then you really got to work harder than others. You know, like, you know, you got to be the first one there, the last one to leave. It's, it's the little things that you work on when other people aren't watching is, is what's going to make, you know, the difference between, um, being a good player and a great player, you know, we, like I said, we used to always kick at home. We had, um, we kicked our football so many times that one ball turned like became round that we kicked it so many times. I mean, we were out there for hours and hours and hours and we were working in the rain. We would kick in the rain to prepare for that. The way you're able to block out, like I was saying earlier, stress and pressure is because you've done it a thousand times, um, either at home or at practice when people aren't watching the harder you work and the more you train, the um, easier it becomes a routine. That's what I, my advice to everyone is, you know, give everything you got every single time. Um, You know, people do have bad days, but overcome it and figure out how to get better the next day. That's my always advice. I give all young kids. 
Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing. That's um, this is a great interview. Thank you. Uh, oh, and I also I just noticed. So, when you're practicing with your brother, maybe like to handle the stress and stuff, you could have had you know like air horns or like yeah, done that while you're kicking. So like handle the stress. We've we've had that we've had that happen to us. Like they'll do that, or like a coach will throw a hat at us, you know, or how while we're lining up and stuff to try to throw you off, but. Look, when a 300-pound lineman comes, not a lot can stress you out. An air horn or a hat is nothing comparing to this guy trying to rip your head off. So not a lot of things worked. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing your story. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And anytime you need anything, let me know. Thank you. Well, thanks again for coming on the Soccer Life Goals podcast. Remember, go through life with goals. Thank you, Bill. All right. Take care. Good to see you. Thank you for listening to the Soccer Life Goals podcast. We appreciate your support. Please do us a favor by subscribing, leaving a review, and sharing with your friends. Let's grow soccer around the world and go through life with goals. Let's go!